0: Swing Deep left.
1: Way it's summertime, and at my bookie, that can only mean one thing. It's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At my bookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. Bet the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, and then some. The craziest sports summer of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets, or you can bet games in real time with myBookies live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code BASEBALLAMERICA and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. Hey there, this is Josh Norris, Senior Editor for Baseball America. This is another podcast from sponsored by MyBookie. And this week's guest is right handed pitcher Kendall Williams of the Dodgers. How are you, Kendall?
0: I'm really good. How are you, man?
1: I'm doing well. So, Kendall was one of the guys who got traded in a kind of a whirlwind trade deadline that kind of nobody expected. Well, let's just start. You know, it's been 15 months since you were drafted. Just kind of how has, how has your life changed since June of last year until now? I mean, it must have been a huge whirlwind for you.
0: Uh, it's definitely been really hectic. Um, nothing's really gone smoothly, kind of as I expected. Um, and so pretty much just staying, staying ready, um, putting in the work, just making sure that if, if anything happens, like I'm ready to go on the mound, um, that's pretty much just been it. Put my head down, get my work done and try not to worry about what's going on outside of that.
1: What were your, uh, your kind of your emotions and your feelings on draft day? I and mean, did you have any sense of where you were going?
0: Uh, I had a pretty good idea. Um, I didn't know for sure. So, like, it was still – I was still in that range of kind of not sure if I was going to college, not sure if I was going to sign type of deal. But I knew that, like, teams were interested. So, it was super exciting going into it. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. And so, it was a crazy day. But I think it – I mean, it was all really good for me. I think kind of I made the right decision getting into pro ball. Um, Going to IMG kind of matured me a little more than normal kids. And so, I think I was a little bit more prepared for that. Um, So I think it's all been really good up to this point, but it was a crazy day um, and a really awesome experience I'll probably never forget.
1: Yeah, that was something I was going to ask you, just IMG, like how different was it and what was that experience like? Because it's obviously, like you said, not a normal high school. It's very, you know, centered on the the athlete.
0: Yeah, um, it's definitely a little different because your sport, whatever it is for the kids that are there, it's more prioritized um, than a normal high school. And so everything's pretty much based on you getting better. You're getting fed better. Um, The nutrition's a lot better than normal high school. Training schedule's a little more kind of – it's a heavier workload, kind of just getting you prepared for whatever your next step may be. Um, And so it was was definitely really cool to kind of be in an atmosphere like that just because it kind of related more to pro ball and it helped the transition be a little easier for somebody like myself.
1: So I know, you know, you guys came up here – I think that that spring for NHSI, I'm in North Carolina. Um, what kind of competition did you guys face throughout the regular year? I mean, I'm, you know, NHSI is obviously the elite of the elite. What was a, a regular schedule for you guys at IMG?
0: Uh, we pretty much played most teams who would play us because um, we did, like, we openly recruited, so it was a little different than we were obviously not a normal high school. Um, and so we just play we'd travel around and try to find the best teams around the country that would play us. Um, and we kind of, we, we had a pretty tough schedule, man. Like we faced some really big time arms, like at, at an HSI, like you said, um, in Hoover, they had a tournament held there. There was some big time arms there as well. Um, we kind of just chased the competition around, man. It was a really good year, super exciting. Um, and we played well. It was awesome. I'll never forget that year. It was great.
1: So, you know, moving from that kind of competition, how much did that, you know, help you prepare for pro ball?
0: Definitely a lot, um, especially just the atmospheres because we had a lot of like a pretty good amount of big time guys on my team that year. And um, So kind of having the scouting pressure was really good everywhere we went. Just being in that atmosphere was good. Um, and then I think it just kind of brought the best out in everybody because any time we were playing a team that had a big time arm or some big time bats in the lineup, everybody knew about it. Everybody was there, all eyes were watching. So I just think it was really good transitional phase to,
1: to Pro Bowl. You guys must have had a ton of radar guns on you at all times, pretty much every day, every game, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, before that, before you know, you started, your name started popping up. When was the first time you realized this could be a career option for you and not just something kind of fun to do? Um,
0: I think baseball started to get pretty serious for me um, around like my, my eighth grade, <coughs> excuse me, eighth grade freshman year. Um, like I started to get some attention from some bigger colleges. Um, And so at that point, it was a little eye opening to me just because that was, I was right at the point, maybe like pretty early stages of when they started recruiting kids really early in high school um, and stuff like that college wise. And so it was cool probably around my freshman year, I would say then right um, after that season is when the whole IMG thing kind of opened up for me. And so as soon as I got the IMG, um like the the more pro side of it kind of started to come out like more scouts from professional teams were there like we're having meetings and just more it was just more of a pro atmosphere so at that point i was just like okay like this might be something i can take a long way
1: what was the kind of the most fun tournament or game situation that you got to have at img because i'm sure it took you over to lots of interesting places in the country
0: um Honestly, I think our IMG Classic, just like our, our tournament we held at home, we invited the best teams we could find, like I said earlier. Um, and it was one of those things where everybody was out for our heads. So it was just everybody wanted to beat us and we knew that going into it. And so we just had to stand our own ground and kind of do what we did on our home turf. And so I thought that was really cool.
1: Who was the, uh, the most stacked team you faced during that?
0: Um, during the Classic? Uh, last year, I'm trying to think. I, my sophomore year, we faced the – I actually pitched in, like, the semifinal round of that tournament. and I threw against a pretty big-time arm. I can't remember his name. He went to Florida and got drafted out of there. So, that was my sophomore year. Um, junior year, I actually got beat at, in that tournament. Um, and so, that was brutal. And The team shouldn't have beat us. It wasn't – it was not a good game. My senior year, I can't remember. We – I mean, we pretty much just swept everybody there. Like, it – that whole year was just a whirlwind when we were, it was honestly a little unfair just because we had Brennan Malone, um, me, Reese Hines, Josh Rivera, uh, guys like that. And so pretty much throughout the whole year, you were either facing me or Brennan. Um, and so to be a high school team, regardless of who you are, that's a little tough at that stage. Um, and so it was really good. But I, I can't remember who the, the best team we played there was. It's been a while.
1: So when you get drafted by the Blue Jays, kind of what do they tell you appealed to them? What 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 made them want to take you?
0: Um, they kind of like the intangibles, I guess, like my just my mindset, like my work ethic, um, things like that. And then along with just, I mean, I'm tall, lanky, I got I got the projectability, I guess so. Um and so they kind of wanted to just build off that and just kind of let time do its thing. Um and so that I think that was the biggest part of it. And it was my time there was really good. Like I think. I was super happy with how things were going. All the people were great. Um, I didn't really have any complaints, but I'm super excited to be with the Dodgers now, and my time here has been really good as
1: well. So, how much experience did you get that first year? How many innings did you have under your belt? I mean, your first kind of taste of pro ball.
0: I threw, uh, I think, seventeen and a third innings in rookie ball.
1: And so then moved to three. the instructs.
0: Yeah, then that was I threw. So I threw, like, 50-something in high school, and they, wanted, they had me, like, on an inning restriction thing into rookie ball. And so I only threw 17 there. And then, yeah, I rolled over into that, um, threw a little bit there. And Then I spent my off-seasons out in San Diego. That's where my pitching coach is. And so went out there trying to get prepped for next spring training when all the COVID stuff hit. And so that's, it's all just kind of been crazy from there.
1: So did you even get to Dunedin before the COVID hit? Mm-hmm. But you just kind of got the word on March twelfth or thirteenth or whatever that, you know, uh you have to stay in San Diego, which I can think of worse places to be, but for the, the duration until further notice. I mean, what, what was that? that like? I mean, it can't have been it it had to have been years since you went that long without playing baseball. How did you adapt?
0: It was kind of brutal, man, honestly, especially like on just the mental side of it, kind of trying to stay locked in, stay prepared, prepared, make sure you're getting all your work in um, and just simulating innings, like simulating the same workload that I would be otherwise getting in a normal season. Um, and so I threw a lot of live BPS, uh, a lot of mound work, just things like that, and just kind of kept doing that and trying to stick to a pretty consistent schedule and just ride it out for as long as possible.
1: So I'm. I imagine you know. Once at the beginning, when it was really serious—not that it's not serious now—but that when everybody was locked down really tight, you couldn't do much of anything. Correct?
0: Not really. No, my uh, my pitching coach actually has two bullpens in his backyard out in San Diego, and so we kind of just brought the whole whole little group out there and did our did our stuff there. So it was really nice.
1: So there was not much of a, a layoff for you. It was just kind of, okay, we're going to go to this guy's, but we're going to go to his backyard. And And just stay
0: as ready as possible. That's it,
1: yeah. In theory, I mean, if if you're counting them, how many innings were you able to get under your belt before uh, the trade happened?
0: Um, I probably threw 55 around that, 50, 55 before I got traded. And then I've thrown, let's see, 4 I've thrown 10. uh, I threw 10 at the alternate site. Um, So now I'm rolling into instructs, and I'm going to keep stay on that five-day plan and I guess just keep building from here until I get the amount of innings that they think I need.
1: Now, being in San Diego, you probably have, you know, uh, a whole lot of guys around there who are talented ballplayers like yourself who work with your pitching coach, to work with your workout group. Who were you able to, to face in BPs and pitch with? And, you know, it was your little group of, of guys that you were able to work out with.
0: Uh, we had actually two or three guys from my org in the Blue Jays um, at that time that were coming out there. Uh, one of my buddies, Will Bartlett, in the Indians organization, he was coming out there hitting off of me. Uh, Joe Naranjo, he's in the Indians organization as well. He came out and took some ABs. Um, guys like that. Uh, there was some some more big time arms. We had uh, a couple guys that were in Double A with Nationals that were out there. We had a guy with the Red Sox who was in High A who was out there with us. Um, and just, I mean, it was a really good atmosphere, dude. Like there was there were some really big time arms there and a couple big time bats, and so just kind of sticking together and just roughing it out was, was really good for all of us. I think we just fed off each other.
1: Do you have a uh, big leaguers who work out with you in the off season too at that point? Yeah. There's
0: uh Joe Musgrove is out there. Um, Giles came out there. Um, this has been last off season prior to all this stuff. Um, but yeah, like there's some, some big leaders that roll through there for sure.
1: And what are you able to kind of, to learn from those guys? I'm sure they're valuable, you know, uh, knowledge bases for you to kind of mine yeah it's just really
0: i think it's good to be like kind of with those guys as much as possible especially in an environment like that it's really like laid back and it's just kind of the guys back there getting work in hanging out um doing that kind of thing and so i think just just the time to actually be around them and kind of just see who they are how they work how they prepare just the way they go about things is really uh really
1: Now, you know, no two organizations are necessarily identical when it comes to pitching philosophies. What are the differences between the Blue Jays and the Dodgers that you were able to see in that short time?
0: Um, I don't know. The Dodgers, the Dodgers are super, super big on player development, it seems, from what I've kind of picked up on here, especially on the pitching side of things. Um, And so they're really like analytical. They're big on the numbers. They want to kind of see what you're good at and build off of that, which I think is really good thing as opposed to kind of like working in a different way. And so they kind of just take what I'm good at now. And they're just going to try to build off that and kind of see what I can turn it into in the future. Um, and I don't know, it just feels, I've, I've been getting, I think better work in here so far, um, being around better guys, um, obviously being at the alternate sites. So it's been, a, it's been like really valuable for me to be around older guys, more experienced guys. Um, and things like that. But they're both really good organizations, and you can't take anything away from either of them. So,
1: are you an analytical guy to begin with? Are you, are you, I assume with uh, IMG, you're exposed to Repsoto and Trackman and Edutronic and all that stuff. So, this, this is not new to you.
0: Yeah, it's not new at all. Um, I, I'm pretty big on the analytics. Like, I wouldn't say it's just like all or none. Like, I, I definitely like to see where things are at and kind of keep tabs because I definitely think it's a good thing to have and a really good like, insight to things you're trying to do. Um, but I don't think numbers mean everything because you can take somebody who has terrible numbers and just misses bats and somebody who has the best numbers you've seen, but if he finds barrel, it doesn't mean anything.
1: So what are the numbers about yourself that you see tell you about yourself that you might not know just by touch and feel?
0: I'm a super, super low spin rate guy on pretty
1: much everything because
0: I'm I'm a sinker guy now, pretty heavy sinker guy. And so I've, I've been working on since I got here kind of having the efficiency on my four-seam be a little better, get some more spin on that, and hopefully kind of be a four-seam and a two-seam guy, so be able to ride the ball and sink the ball. And so that's been one of the biggest things since I've got here with the Dodgers and just trying to, like, stay behind the ball as much as possible and kind of prevent myself from cutting my four-seam, getting a little more ride on that so I can play that up in the zone, um, and also just sinking the ball and then – kind of focusing on my change up in my slider. I've been big here too, but everything's super low spin rate, which I thought was kind of interesting.
1: What are the benefits of being a low spin rate guy?
0: Um, I, don't, I guess it's just different for everybody, man. It depends on what you're trying to do. Um, so I'm not like a, I'm not a super, super high VLO guy, um, at least not at this point in my career, like low to mid nines is where I'm at. Um, and so I just think being able to, kind of sink the ball and move the ball around is going to be a really big thing for me. And also just changing the eye level with the four seam up, if I can get some better spin on that would be about as effective as I could be. And it'd be really positive. Um, But I just think the low spin rate definitely helps with the, the sink and the fade on my two and my change up for sure. So that's big.
1: So being a ground ball sink type guy, kind of what are your philosophies on, you know, the extreme infield shifts that go on throughout baseball. I mean, I think that could be one of those things where it helps you a lot, or sometimes it's you got the ground ball and you guy just wasn't there where he would normally be. Is that kind of a double-edged sword sort of thing?
0: Kind of, yeah. I mean, the the shift is, it's a part of baseball for sure now. And the, the thing about the shift, too, is they have, the reason that they're shifting is because they have all the numbers to back it up. And so that's kind of what the whole purpose of it's for. And so I think at that point, if you're in a pretty heavy shift, and somebody just flicks the ball in the hole. I mean, that's just, that's a good piece of hitting. Like he's just beating the shift and you can't really do anything about it. at That level of baseball, guys, it's just really, really good.
1: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So who did you grow, grow, uh, grow up rooting for?
0: Um, I was a super big like Derek Jeter guy. I didn't really have a team. I had like some guys in the league I liked a lot. I liked Jeter a lot. I liked Big Poppy. Um, those were probably the two biggest guys. I just kind of liked the way they carried themselves and the way they played the game. I thought it was really dope. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I guess when I was younger, maybe I was a Red Sox fan a little bit, but that's probably – I didn't really watch much baseball, honestly. I just kind of followed those two guys.
1: That's fascinating. You're, you're a guy that wound up doing this for a career, and you didn't – you know, you weren't a diehard or anything. Yeah. How, how did you get into the game in general then?
0: As long as I can remember, I've always just kind of loved baseball. Um, I remember being – super. Were super little hitting balls off the tee um, and just kind of throwing anything I had around me um, and so I think I picked it up at a really young age but <coughs> excuse me I also loved basketball when I was younger and so it like, I didn't really kind of pick the the for sure route of what I wanted to do until a little later like I said my eighth grade sophomore year or freshman year and so I think just kind of I was a little bit more of just a normal kid growing up I wasn't just super Super diehard baseball guy, um, I kind of just like to have fun and just hang out with my friends and stuff like that as well.
1: That's interesting. Were, you, were your parents big baseball or sports fans? Uh,
0: my dad played college hoops um, at the University of Houston. And so he was a basketball guy. My brother played basketball um, for a little while as well. And so I think that was kind of just the, the thing that was pushed on me a little bit at a younger age. And I, I loved basketball, I still do. Um, I just think I kind of figured out based on the feedback I was getting that I was going to be a little bit better at baseball uh, as a long-term thing.
1: Can you dunk? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can dunk. Okay, I was going to say that would kind of make you uh, uh, kind of the, the, the odd man out in the family if you couldn't, it yeah. sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, do, when was the first time you were able to do that?
0: Um, probably around my freshman summer, sophomore year, because I've always been a pretty tall guy. Um, And so I think once I started going up and
1: kind of started to build some strength is when I started to get up there a little bit. What's uh, the biggest, uh, most exhilarating feeling, being able to do that or putting away a guy with your best fastball?
0: I'd definitely say fastball just because there's a lot more to it. Um, I'd say basketball is just a lot more raw athleticism. Um, And like baseball, especially pitching, you have to, I mean, there's a lot more that goes into it. Like it's just a lot of small things. Everything's going to be timed up and uh, super repetitive. And so I think, I think that like locating anything, no matter what it is and putting a guy away is super satisfying in its own.
1: So does, does having that basketball background and that athleticism help you on the mound, you know, be able to repeat your delivery kind of uh, as more as consistently as you'd like?
0: I definitely think so. I think that kind of just staying loose and just kind of trying to be athletic when I was younger, um, no matter what it was basketball, was just being outside um, running around, throwing football, whatever it was. Um, it just kind of helped overall, I think so for sure. Just kind of with my body awareness, my feel for everything and how I move, um, it definitely helped.
1: So now you're instructs with the, do- uh, the Dodgers. What goals do you have for the like, six weeks that you're going to be down there?
0: Uh, the spin efficiency on my four. I want to get that um, better for sure. Like I said, I'm working on that, and there has been some positive strides so far. Um, since I've been here on that, but I definitely want to get that locked down. Um, I would say I'm working on some new things mechanically, and so I'm kind of just dabbling and trying some things out with that, which I think will – I've got something that I think might work for me, Um, and so I'm kind of just going to stick with that, ride it out, and see if I can lock that in for me and just be as consistent as possible. Um, But then I would just say my breaking ball. I want to get my slider um, locked in as well. I want to find something consistent, find the shape, um, the spin – kind of just the velo that I think will play best off my stuff.
1: All right. So you've been in Florida during the summer and now you're in Arizona toward the tail end of the summer. Is it really a difference? Dry heat versus Florida, Florida, humid heat. A hundred percent. It's not the same thing at all. <laughs> it's completely day and night. <laughs> and I just got to ask one more thing I've seen, you know, throughout the course of this interview you've had a, a little buddy kind of roaming around behind you to tell, can you introduce us to who that is? I know it's a podcast, but. Who's a uh, little dog running around?
0: Kodak. Uh, that's my dog Kodak. He's
1: a Pomeranian Husky. Everybody. Oh my. He's a
0: little over a year old. He just
1: hangs out with me. Pomeranian slash Husky, huh? Yep. That's a he- that's a heck of a mix. Very. interesting. it's <laughs> interesting. I just had to. I'm sorry. I saw him. I saw the tail kind of going around like a Jaws fin, and I had to see him. Well Anyway, Kendall, thank you very, very much for the time. I really appreciate it, and. Uh, This has been a Baseball America podcast brought to you by my bookie for Kendall Williams. I'm Josh Norris. See you next time.